And I'll be reading perhaps one of the most well-known scripture passages from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And let's pray. Gracious God, again, we are your grateful children, mindful of all the goodness in our lives. Even, Lord, we are mindful that when we walk through a dark valley, you are also there. So help us to hold on to this part of our faith, knowing that there is nowhere we can go, nowhere we can be, that you will not also be there with us. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So I've been at Harrison for almost a year. It's been a really great year. Well, <laughs> and it's interesting to me, I was outside of the church. My ministry was at a foundation for five years, and I kind of lost sight of all that churches go through together. There are highs that are great and exciting and celebratory, and there are lows that are challenging, troubling, and sometimes even feel like a really dark place. And I was inspired by the kids last week at Vacation Bible School because, as I said, they came at some really important parts of faith, some really foundational parts of faith, whether they realized it or not. And so I want to unpack that a little bit with you all this morning. And, and I have to say again... It was an amazing week. I mean, when I walked in here on Monday and I saw that even the steps were decorated, I, I was impressed. And I knew it was going to get better and better every corner. All, all the, um, the colors were coordinated for the kids each day. We had folks, the youth were just back from their mission trip. They were here. Our most senior, experienced, and wise volunteers were here. Just the fullness of the life of the church, and it was great. I have to tell you, my favorite thing was you saw that it was the safari theme, and I loved the snack of blue yogurt and animal crackers. The watering hole and the animals, you get it? I just, I, I'm not creative, and so I'm really impressed <laughs> by things like that. The blue yogurt and the animals, that was great. But, but again, all the details, all the gifts being shared, all the common interests, the goal of helping our kids begin to navigate life through the lens of faith. And so, as I said, they were, they were answering some really big questions. Perhaps they didn't even know that were out there. Where is God when life's unfair? 
Adults ask that all the time. Where is God when I'm sad? God is good, right? That's the answer. Where is God? But what we need to know more than anything else is that God is good and God is present when life is unfair, when I'm sad, when it's good. Again, it's the fullness of life. It's the ups and the downs. And it's the way that kids come at that that I think is so inspiring and that I think is a lesson for all of us. Kids answered these questions before the adults even voiced them. Now, it's only natural to to wonder where is God when times are tough. That comes with a, a sense of maturing faith. Where is God when I'm sad, when tragic things happened? We begin to ask questions as our faith matures, as we begin to go through more life experiences, as we begin to understand that it's not just all water holes and blue yogurt. But rather, there are these challenges And there are things that we have to face that make us wonder. Experience just teaches that. And so the kids would come back to us and say, adults, just no matter what, remember that God is good. And that's the foundation of who we are. And perhaps as they grow and they encounter things, I mean, they know life's unfair. It's just a little different. I know life can be sad. It's just a little different for a child. But, but as they encounter these things, as they move through life, our prayer is that they will hold on to this foundation, right? That they will remember that there's nothing that can happen. Life, nor death, nor powers of this world, nor principalities, nor angels, nor height, nor depth. None, none of that can ever separate us from the presence or the love of God. And so they've got that. They've got that heart of what it means to to believe and to try to live faithfully, even in those challenging times, those sad times, those unfair times, because they're going to come. And as I said, adults learn to ask these questions over time, and frankly, adults demand answers sometimes when there are none. Adults want to hold God accountable when things go bad sometimes. I, I do. Adults want to demand that God answer up, that there is a scapegoat, that there is someone who can make everything different, and he could, but that's not how God chooses to operate. God chooses to operate within the difficulty and within the challenge. And all the while, the mantra of God being good is that what is the message that God continues, our scripture continues to hammer home. There are no promises of life being easy in the Bible. There is the promise that God is faithful, that God is good, that God is present, that God will be with us no matter what. And it's a hard lesson and a demanding lesson, and yet it's one of the ways we begin to mature in faith, building on that foundation and understanding that God is always present, perhaps even the most present when we recognize our need of him. And so we look at this scripture. I think it's interesting. Adults, 
as we want God to answer for certain things, I guess part of it is because we believe that God can be controlled by our circumstances, that the absence or presence of God can be dictated to by what we do or do not experience. I mean, it's not that I think we believe that. It's that sometimes we act as if we do. That God is limited to, to the circumstances that we go through and our life experiences dictate the presence of God or not. We know that's not true, and yet sometimes we behave as if it were. Wondering, especially in those tough times, where God is. So one of the verses this week was um, from Psalm 23. That was one of the passages that the kids learned each week. Where is God when I'm sad? And Psalm 23 seeks to answer that question. But I think it's interesting to me that we rarely read this passage, this text, this chapter in worship. We save it typically for memorial services or services of death and resurrection, of services when we name a great and tremendous loss through the absence of a loved one, a friend, or a family member. And, and we go to this, this text because not, not because it has answers, right? I think that's the first thing we have to note. Not because it provides any answer. This passage, this beloved text, this text that we turn to time and time again when we experience great loss, does not tell us why that loss may have happened. It does, not under, it does not explain illness or sudden death or tragic death through accident. It simply says these comforting words, through it all, God is with me. Through it all, the good shepherd is present to me. It's one of those beautiful images that Jesus picks up on when we get to the New Testament. Through it all, the good shepherd is with me because a good shepherd will never leave the shepherd's sheep. No one is abandoned. And in fact, if one sheep goes missing, the good shepherd goes looking for it. How comforting is that? There is no place we can be literally, emotionally, spiritually, figuratively. There is no place we can be that the shepherd will not find us. There is no place that we cannot be where, where a, a banquet will be set eventually. Maybe not right away. But that God will find us. And more than that, God will prepare a, a meal for us, a banquet for us, even in the presence of our enemies, even in the presence of those circumstances that seem to bombard us with ill will with difficulty, with challenge. God, the good shepherd, is present even at those times. And Jesus picked up on that. So this is one of the most comforting, comforting texts we have. Now, you know, I, maybe King James did it the best. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's just beautiful poetry, right? I mean, if we were going to keep any of the King James Scripture in a service, it ought to be for this one. Sorry, I read the new version. But you get the point. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, even in those darkest of moments, that valley of darkness, even there God is with me. And this is the text the kids focused on. And as much as a preacher may want to explain away and bring in light and say that, oh, just hold on, it's going to be better, sometimes I think it's important that we stay in the darkness for just a little bit. Because honestly, that's life. 
And the psalmist does not shrink away from that fact that sometimes life is hard. And sometimes life is tragic. And sometimes we know that we are in the pit and we wonder when that light will be restored. Adults will question, God, why? Where are you? And yet the psalmist tells us very clearly, God is right there. And even when I'm sad, my circumstances don't dictate the goodness of God. And even when I'm in that valley, even when I'm in that pit, my circumstances don't change the fact that God is good. And the psalmist is very comfortable in that place. As difficult as it may be, the psalmist is very comfortable in that place because he knows that God is there with him. And as much as we may want to skip forward to that banquet, we're not going there today. Because I think that there are things to be learned, understanding that God is present in all circumstances. Especially maybe we know it the most in those difficult ones. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with me. I don't have to convince you that those shadows are there. Every screen we turn on these days, we see a child incarcerated. Every screen we turn on these days, a radio, what have you, we see adults screaming at each other almost seemingly needlessly. Or surely not to get anything done, they just try to raise their voice so they're, over, they're heard over everybody else. Surely we don't have to... to debate the fact that these are troubling times, that we do have challenges abundantly. And yet, even in these dark places, God is present. God is present, hopefully teaching us, leading us, calling us, equipping us to speak out. And to claim otherwise, and to name the fact that these dark shadows, while they may be real, are not what God intended, and they will not last forever, but we have sometimes to stick in the valley. Because sometimes that's where we begin to recognize the presence of God in those desperate moments and we begin to recognize how it is God is calling us the people of God the body of Christ the church to be different and to embrace God who will eventually lead us out of those dark dim valleys God is with us in every situation God is with us, sending us perhaps to walk alongside others who are in those circumstances to speak the presence of God and to call forth an eventual light that the darkness shall not overcome. One of the groups in our church is is reading this book by Barbara Brown Taylor, Learning to Walk in the Dark. Has anybody seen it? It's just this beautiful book, uh, the mom's group, I believe it is, that's that's reading this. And she says, I I just want to read one of the texts she says, because I think it's so true. Darkness is shorthand for anything that scares me. 
either because I'm sure that I do not have the resources to survive it or because I don't want to find out. And if I had my way, I would eliminate everything from chronic back pain to the fear of the devil in my life and the lives of those I love. At least I think I would. The problem is this, and she goes on to say that by going through the darkness, her faith is increased as she learns that it will not kill her. And as she learns in the darkness that God is present and doesn't abandon her to whatever it is, the the fears that come up when she's in that dim valley. Taylor goes on to say, some of us just wish for that magical nightlight that will lead us out quickly, that will make everything right quickly, that that will encompass our lives and take us away. And yet... Sometimes as we stay in the darkness, we learn more about ourselves, more about the God who loves us, and more about how God has equipped us to move forward and to bring light eventually into those most desperate of situations. Even when I'm sad, God is good. Even when my neighbor is sad, God is good. That's a very childlike way to embrace and understand God's presence in every way. Even in the worst tragedies that adults must deal with, God is good because God is good. And in that goodness, God walks with us through those dark shadows. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am not afraid. I will fear no evil because God is with me. And I will eventually make it out and I'll bring others with me as well. Darkness shall not overcome the light, not ultimately, but sometimes... We dwell there so that God's goodness is revealed to us and to others as the light eventually will return. One of the things years ago, I was able to visit Ireland. It it is the Emerald Isle, truly. I mean, it's just this beautiful, beautiful place. And if you've been there, you, you might have the same images that I do after I've left. It is really green. Truly, choke green. It rains every day. They say if you haven't used your umbrella by 11 o'clock, you're not in Ireland. (laughs) Really rainy and green and beautiful. And there are these wonderful stone uh, fences that are centuries years old. And and everywhere you go outside the city, you see sheep. They're in the road. They get in your way. They're in the fields. They're being tended by a shepherd. Everywhere you go, you see sheep. And so it seems to be this perfect image of Psalm 23. This beautiful image of Psalm 23. But I think, and what stands out to me the most when I read Psalm 23 and think of Ireland, it's not all those sheep. And it's not those green pastures or those rock walls. What I remember the most in in, um, connection with this text is the Celtic cross. Do you know which cross that is? It's the cross, if you look, there it is. It's the cross with a circle around it. And some of these crosses in Ireland are from the 7th century. They say hundreds and hundreds of years old. And the story and the symbol of this particular cross is that um, St. Patrick used it to embrace the pagan culture in Ireland when he got there. 
And what he did, he took this symbol, the circle perhaps was a pagan symbol, just like the Christmas tree, don't get all up in arms about that, just like the Christmas tree, the circle was a pagan symbol, but Christians used it, appropriated it for a very specific message. And so the Celtic cross tells us that life indeed is not linear, that life is not hierarchical, but rather life comes and goes in cycles. Round and round and round. And sometimes you're up here. Sometimes you're celebrating. Sometimes there's joys that abound. Sometimes it just clicks in every which way. But sometimes you're in the valley at the bottom. And it's dark and it's dim and it's challenging. And you wonder what in the world, why would God have the world in this way? Why would God have my life in this way? And yet, and so the the Celtic cross teaches us that all of this is part of life. It's not if things are going to happen. It's not if I'm going to be sad. It's when I'm sad, as the kids say, said. It's when life is unfair, not if life is unfair, but when these things happen, they happen in the context of a life of faith, of the cross, of a life that teaches us not only do we experience life in cycles, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, the joys and the challenges, the ins and the outs, all of that is part of life. We also through our lens of faith, know that hope always has the last word because of the empty tomb, the empty cross that most of us think of when we think of a symbol of Christianity. The empty cross in the midst of the cycles of life, in the midst of the challenges and the joys and the tragedies and the triumphs. God is good in all of that. And that's what the kids reminded me of this week. I don't know about the rest of the adults. The kids had answered that really big, mature adult question of why without even going there at all. Rather, just with that basic foundational faith that when life is not what we hope it would be, God is still good. When our circumstances make us question, our circumstances do not dictate the presence or the goodness of God. And the kids offered that message to us, all who had gathered, hopefully now through the 23rd Psalm, hopefully we all begin to embrace that childlike faith that will serve us well, even as our questions mature, and they should. Even as our spirituality grows, and it should. We're not children forever. But yet that simple foundational belief that God is good hopefully will carry us forward. Hopefully will be part of who we are and what we offer to this world from this day and every day hereafter. When life is sad, God is good. good. When life is unfair, God is good. Absolutely. And when life is good, good. this is life. It's who we are called to be in witness of a very good God. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for your presence in all situations. We thank you for the way that you are revealed to us, that you stand by us, that you are faithful to us. 
not just in the joys, but also in the challenges, not just in the triumph, but also the trials. Lord, help us to claim that childlike faith that you indeed are good and help our faith as it grows never to lose sight of your presence in our lives, your willingness to walk with us even through the dark valleys and to lead us forward. Remind us of this, Lord, as often as we need to be reminded so that then we may be those who remind others, who tell your story of goodness no matter what. And who not only tell that story of goodness with our words, but who offer that story of goodness with our lives, seeking to bring a banquet to the hungry, a light to those who are, have too long been in darkness, and a hope that through your Son all things are possible, even your kingdom come on earth where all shall gather and be provided for. For it's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. So God is good. <clears throat> all the time. Oh, we know that one. God is good. All the time. God help us. Always. The good news is that he does so that we may go forth to bear witness to the presence of God in and through all things at all times. Thanks be to God. Go in peace.